Welcome back to the Not Your Mama podcast. This is episode five, and I have a very exciting episode for you today. Every fifth week in all of the programs that I run, we have what's called a yin week, and I'm going to explain that in more detail in a minute here. But basically, it's your rest and recovery week. So in honor of the yin week tradition, this week's episode is how to chill the F out. But before we get into the episode, we're going to start with some words from Jessica. Jessica wrote on my Facebook page, immediately fell in love with Kelly's approach to believing you can do the thing and actually doing the thing. So helpful to have a one-on-one approach to talk through my thoughts I didn't even realize I had surrounding my births, eating, and exercise habits. I walked away feeling inspired and ready to commit to my own wellness. She had great direct recommendations to start implementing immediately. It felt validating to talk with someone who understood what I'm going through and was excited to genuinely help me achieve my goals. That's what I love to hear, and I'm really here to help all of you work through those those thoughts that you don't necessarily realize that are in there. Because those thoughts about your birth, about your eating and exercise habits, about your injuries or pain you might be in, those shape the results that you get in any program. And that's why I think like this thought work part of it, as woo-woo and out there as it sounds, is so essential, which is actually a really great transition into our episode today. So I've talked about the nervous system before as it relates to breathing, core and pelvic floor health. I'm going to give you a super, super brief reminder of what we talked about in that episode. The breathing episode was episode three, how to breathe and why it matters. So go back and listen to that one. If anything I say here piques your interest and you want to learn more, go ahead and jump on back to episode three when we're done. So The nervous system. The nervous system is basically the phone line between your brain and your body. It is this kind of like the lizard brain. We talk about it sometimes. It's this prehistoric part of your brain that works largely on instinct and gut. You don't have a whole lot of voluntary control over it. It's not like your super smart thinking brain. It's just this part of your brain that is managing communication from your nerves, from your sight, your hearing, your touch, communicating that to the brain and helping the brain make a judgment about whether or not you're safe. So the nervous system is always responding to safety. And one of the ways that we can interpret safety is pain, obviously. So the nervous system might experience a sensation of say heat, for example, like if you burn your hand and the brain is going to interpret that as pain, send a pain signal out to the body so that you move your hand and you stop burning it. But also the nervous system is responding to, you know, our eyes, our ears, sound. It's constantly making the decision if you need to go into fight or flight. So the two main modes that your nervous system works in are fight or flight, and rest and digest. Fight or flight is quite obviously just, do I need to run from a tiger or fight a tiger right now or rest and digest, which is, again, as the name suggests, when you sleep or digest your food, you're in a more relaxed state. And in that relaxed state, your body is better able to tend to your kind of natural functions. 
What's interesting about this is your brain, your like thinking, conscious, kind of creative, higher level human brain requires a lot of energy. And when you're in fight or flight, your brain isn't doing its best thinking, which is kind of counterproductive because also when you're in your fight or flight state in modern society, where you're not very often dealing with tigers that you have to like actually fight or run away from, you know, the threats that we face in modern life are um, not quote unquote real. They're not like actually a physical danger to your body. The threats we experience in modern life are much more threats in our head. It's much more uh, feeling of, do I have job security? Do I have financial security? Am I secure in my relationship? And solving problems in those areas is actually much more effective if you're working from your big, smart, prefrontal cortex, evolutionarily advanced human brain. So unfortunately, when you're in fight or flight, you don't think very well. And in modern society, the things that cause us stress and cause us to move into fight or flight are things that usually require a more advanced, a more creative solution where we actually need to be using our really smart brain. So that's one reason, kind of a a bit of a random tangent, but getting your brain to function really well is just one reason that we want to look at the nervous system. So especially if you are a new parent, right, we all have heard the expressions like pregnancy brain, mom brain. Some of that, of course, is biological, where like you're designed to respond to your baby's cries, that there's all of these research articles about, you know, during pregnancy, we're, you know, intentionally limiting our focus to just the baby and this life that you're creating for the for the further furthering of human society. But in the grand scheme of things, we actually are better parents when we're able to get out of that constant fight or flight state, which means getting enough sleep, being calm, reducing stressors as much as possible, and as much as possible, feeling like we're on a team with our partner or other people who may be caring for the child. All of that makes a really big difference in our mental health and therefore our ability to parent in these early stages. But if that were not reason enough to get your nervous system under control, there's also the fact that the nervous system influences how you experience pain. That makes sense. Obviously, the nervous system is the communication channel between the body and the brain. When you have a physical sensation in your body, your nervous system is what communicates that to the brain. And so the nervous system plays a really critical role in your body knowing, quote unquote, knowing that it is in pain. And we want to experience pain when it gives us actionable information. So in the example of touching something hot, your hand burning, you want to have that sensation of pain so that you then stop burning your hand. But sometimes we have ongoing pain that happens that's not at an appropriate scale to the actual inciting incident. So sometimes, as is often the case with trauma, for example, we have something that happened, something that actually caused an injury, caused damage, that creates pain in the first place. But then for some reason, the pain continues for much longer than it should, or the pain is disproportionate with the amount of injury or the amount of damage that was sustained. 
So that can happen when our nervous system is overexcited or uptrained or upregulated. When we have that upregulated fight or flight, constantly on, constantly stressed nervous system, we have heightened levels of cortisol. We have more inflammation in the body. Inflammation, of course, contributes to just about every disease there is. So inflammation is obviously going to make pain worse as well as any underlying cause of the pain. As I mentioned, we've got the cortisol, and then we've also got the fact that when you're in pain, you do things that inherently make it harder for your body to heal. For example, if you have a lot of stress, emotional stress around the pain, and this is why I've referenced trauma specifically, like birth trauma, for example, a lot of the time we have a lot of stories, a lot of thoughts, a lot of emotional experience wrapped up in the actual tissue damage or injury that happened. And that creates even more stress that then exacerbates all of the symptoms of the injury itself. And when we're in that upregulated, stressed nervous system state, we're not moving into rest and digest, which if you are listening, you know rest and digest is when your body heals. We need rest and digest because that's when the body goes into recovery mode. It's when cells are replaced. It's when injury heals. So I'm going to try to go through like the quick version of all of that. If you're like head is spinning and you're like, wait, I heard you say mom brain. I'm pretty sure I have that. I didn't catch all of that. Super quick version. Your nervous system is the communication channel between your brain and your body. When your body is damaged, injury, that's communicated to the nervous system and that creates pain, which is inherently a stressor, but also you can have stress in your life from other sources and that's also going to send the nervous system into this upregulated state. And when you're in that upregulated state, you experience more pain and you don't heal as well. So if you followed all of that, you're probably thinking, this sounds really crappy. Like whose brilliant design idea was this? Because it seems like when you're injured and when your nervous system is super jacked up and you're really stressed, it's like, it would be really nice if that's when our body actually did the most healing because that's when it needs the healing most. Unfortunately, not how it works. So what do we do with this? When the body experiences pain, it contracts, right? We all know this. It's like, if you like stub your toe, every muscle in your body is like, like everything clenches, everything squeezes. Um, That's how our body responds to pain. And we know this in birth as well, that when we experience pain, we might cringe and kind of restrict. And that's actually the exact opposite of what we want to be doing in birth. We want to be consciously trying to release and relax. So when we're experiencing stress, when we're experiencing pain, when we are in an upregulated nervous system state, the best thing we can do is consciously not contract, is notice that all of our muscles just clenched up and got super tight. And we want to consciously do the exact opposite, get all of our muscles to relax, chill out, be super soft and gentle. What's really cool about this is that 
I keep saying the nervous system is a communication channel. It communicates both ways. So it's not just that the brain is the kind of like the master of the universe that's saying like, okay, you're stressed, you're overwhelmed, body, this is how you have to respond. We also have the body, which is actually able to communicate back to the brain. So we can do things in our body that explicitly down-regulate the nervous system. It's almost like you take a deep breath in your body and your brain goes, huh, well, she's taking deep breaths. Maybe we're not about to die. Maybe this isn't the end of the world. I guess I can relax a little bit. This is where we get to use that big, beautiful, thoughtful prefrontal cortex that has all of the abilities to be smart and consciously override our fight or flight. We can notice, oh, I'm clenching my shoulders right now. I'm squeezing my teeth together. I'm really stressed. I'm not breathing. Huh, what do I want to do about that? I know that's not going to be good for my nervous system or therefore my body or therefore any pain I might be experiencing, therefore any you know injury I might want to recover. So let me consciously override that stress signal and take a deep breath. And I hope you all did that deep breath with me. Let's do it again. Try to inhale for four seconds. Inhale. Exhale for four. Let's do it again. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. How does that feel in your body? Can you feel that your heart rate may be slowed down? Can you feel that some muscles perhaps relaxed a little bit? How's your brain thinking and functioning now having taken a few deep breaths? And that was only what, four breaths? Imagine if you like sat down every single day, you sat down at your desk and you did 10. When you got up and took a lunch break, you take 10 more diaphragmatic, slow, steady breaths. You're just consciously overriding the system and forcing your nervous system to remember that you're safe because we live in this modern society where we're constantly getting emails, we're getting social media notifications, we're getting pings on our cell phone. And all of that stuff is designed to make your nervous system respond. And we have to kind of consciously override that if we don't want to be at the mercy of this constantly spinning, constantly overexcited, agitated nervous system. And this is the tie-in, what this all has to do with exercise and why I said at the beginning of this episode that I call every fifth week a yin week. And I am going to explain what that word means here in a minute. But the tie-in here with exercise is that when we are exercising, kind of traditional exercise, spin, strength training, running, you know, lifting, all those things, we are intentionally stressing the nervous system. And that's not a problem. We want a nervous system that can go into fight or flight and come back out into rest and digest. And we want to be constantly cycling between the two. So it's never a problem that we're stressing our nervous system, but the nervous system needs that rest and digest. And we do that cycle in and out of upregulated, downregulated, upregulated, downregulated. We do it on like the micro scale 
and the macro scale. What I mean by that is like when you're working out, you have these moments where you like pause, you rest. And maybe you're not being taught to like use those rests as actually an opportunity to like slow your heart rate, to kind of ground back down into your body, to feel calm, which there's one thing you can take away from this episode right now. If you do strength training, if you do any of those things that I just said, start treating your rests as like a mini meditation. You get a minute of rest, use it for like deep breathing, clearing your mind, moving into that down-regulated system. Just like anything, the more you practice that cycle in and out, in and out, in and out, the better you get at it. So that's what I mean by the micro cycle. And then of course, in any training program, you're going to have rest days. That's kind of the mezzo middle part of the cycle. And then in the larger scale of your training, I insert a full rest week every fifth week or roughly once a month because your body needs that recovery and restoration time. So we have to have the rest. That's why I insert yin weeks. I want to also explain to you what I mean by yin because I think if you're here for the woo-woo, this is the part that's going to really interest you. I love this part of it because I love the woo-woo, but if you don't love the woo-woo, that's cool. No problem. Um, But just stay with me here. So in Chinese Taoist tradition, we've all seen a yin-yang. A yin-yang is literally referring to the two parts of that circle, the dark being yin, the light being yang. We have dark and light yin and yang energy in everything. However, and just to define those two parts, yang is the sun, it's bright, it's extroverted, it's loud, it's hot, it's all of the things that we normally associate with exercise. And then yin is everything that's dark, slow, cold, introverted, quiet. And that's kind of what like we don't really associate with exercise in general. Maybe yoga, depending on the yoga tradition, but not like power yoga or hot yoga or anything. So we have yin and yang in everything, but overwhelmingly modern culture tends toward yang. Yang is also considered to be masculine energy. And I think a lot of people kind of, whether you like that description of masculine or not, it is a societally, culturally, it's a clear way of kind of visualizing, you know, the like, corporate, modern, aggressive energy that most of us are living in. And yin is the opposite. It's the feminine. It's the quiet. It's restrained. It's kind of, I like to think of it as like the seed that's germinating below the soil. It's not without power. It's just not visible in the way that our culture and our society is used to looking at things. So pregnancy is obviously a very yin time. It's highly feminine and it's the germinating of the seed. Birth is kind of, well, depending on how you do it, it's like that part yin, part yang. And I think it's really valuable to keep in mind that visual of the seed germinating below the soil because yin is not just doing nothing. It's actively doing something that is energetically very different from what we're used to 
seeing as exercise. So when I say that I assign people a yin week every fifth week, that yin week isn't just like, great, go eat nachos and have a great week. I'll see you next week. It's we are going to do active recovery work. We are going to consciously be down-regulating the nervous system, working with the tissue in really um, deep and restorative ways. Like if you were someone who gets massages, I would say get your massage during your yin week because you know how like every time you get a massage, the massage therapist like gives you a big glass of water and is like, make sure you drink lots of water. We just released a lot of crap. You want to like pass it through your system. Um, which by the way, that's true. Your lymph system is gravity fed and is moved by touch. And when you are activating the lymph system, I'm saying lymph, by the way, L-Y-M-P-H as in lymphatic, um, when you're actively moving things around in the lymph system, you are in fact processing that is actually how your body processes toxins. You're processing more toxins to your, um, liver and kidneys to be removed from your body, but also yin yoga, which is a style of yoga I teach, as well as massage, as well as like chiropractic, all of those things, um, they move your tissues and your tissues are hydrated by movement. So when you're having your tissues moved around, it's actually a really good time to drink water because that's when it's going to be integrated. And also because that water helps some, I'm not a juice cleanse person. I don't really believe in that stuff, but some additional water intake helps with processing out the toxins that are released by physical touch. All of that to say, shoot, where was I going with that? I'm going to totally leave this part in because I feel like y'all need to like hear me process. I do this all the time. I'm right there with you with the parent brain. Oh yes, that's where I was going. You want to do a yin week where you're doing all of this like processing stuff, like actually working through things in your tissues of your body at a time when your nervous system is in that rest and digest state and is actually primed to process it better. So nervous system influences pain, stress influences the nervous system, which influences pain. And when you're in that upregulated nervous system state, you don't do a very good job of repairing the actual tissue damage that can happen from life, from pregnancy, from birth. And when you heal that stuff is when you are in that down-regulated rest and digest nervous system state. And your body is designed to be able to get from one to the other. You don't have to be a monk living on a mountainside in pure silence to get your nervous system to move from heightened and stressed down regulated into rest and digest. All you have to do is super simple practices like breathing, like noticing your feet on the ground. So that's called like a grounding practice. You just literally feel your feet on the ground. You can do body scans where you notice all of the sensations that you feel in your body. These are all super simple techniques that you can use to help your body move from heightened nervous system to downregulate it. The one I really want you to walk away with today because it's so simple is diaphragmatic breathing. That's explained in more detail in episode three, but you can also specifically do diaphragmatic breathing with a practice like what's called samavriti in pranayama or yoga techniques, which is counting the duration of the inhale, making it match the duration of the exhale. So they're both like 
four seconds in, four seconds out, five seconds in, five seconds out. You can make it as long as it makes sense for you. You can also, if you don't like counting it, if that kind of stresses you out because you're like, ah, it's not long enough, I can't do it right. You can also just use a mantra practice of saying, inhale, exhale, just saying those words in your brain because it's going to keep drawing you back into this moment, right? Because if you're like, I'm just going to lay on the floor and like take deep breaths, that will last one and a half breaths. And then your brain is going to be like making dinner, running errands, like doing all of this other crap. So you want to give your brain something that it can do. And maybe that's doing the breathing and also doing a body scan, doing the breathing and also doing a grounding practice, but it doesn't have to be. It can just be thinking the word inhale, exhale, thinking about counting up to four, down to four, etc. So that's your homework for today. Take a yin week. If you've been working hard for the last month or year and it's time for you to take a rest day, I encourage you to take a whole rest week and do some active practices that actually help you restore the tissues in your body. Yin yoga is a great place to start. Meditation, Again, I mentioned chiropractic massage. If those are things you can do, do those um, as well during this yin week. And you can always reach out to me on social at Kelly Bryant Wellness. If you want more ideas or suggestions of things you can do, I'm always super generous with my ideas over there as well. That's it for our show today. Thank you so much for staying with me here through the science and the woo-woo. And hopefully you are walking away with like a really clear understanding of why rest is so important and how to do it. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I would love if you could do me a favor and go subscribe to the Not Your Mama podcast. If you're feeling generous, you could also rate and review. All of those things help other people find the podcast. This resource is totally free. It is my love offering to the universe. And I would be so, so grateful if you would help other people find it so that they can improve their lives too. 